we put uh, black belts on such a high pedestal and, you know, higher belts and all this and that. And at the end of the day, everyone at every belt looks completely different. It doesn't matter what color their belt is. Like there, it's just like I mentioned earlier, it is just a marker for where they are on their journey. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was... It's a moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. On this week's show, I am joined by Travis and John of the Elbows Type podcast. When I started jujitsu a couple months ago, I went down all the rabbit holes, YouTube, podcasts, Instagram. I was trying to find all the content I could surrounding beginners and jujitsu. The only problem was there wasn't that much. A lot of it was black belts and world champions, world champions talking about jujitsu, not people talking about what it's like to be a beginner. And when I found elbows tight, they were talking about struggles that I understood, struggles that I was going through at the present moment, which was awesome. Travis and John definitely did not disappoint. Sometimes it's a little intimidating to have podcast hosts on your podcast because it already seems like they cover everything on their show, but they were absolutely awesome. I was cracking up the entire time. I really hope you guys enjoy this one. It's funny though. I feel like when most people get started, they're like, let me just get started with the basics. Do, it yeah. was, you know, placing a high emphasis on quality, video, audio, all that stuff, something that you knew you wanted to do right off the bat? Uh, I definitely think so. John and I were talking about it, and we both have, you know, nice, good jobs, and uh, we don't really have any of the hobbies besides jiu-jitsu. So we're like, well, we might as well invest some a little bit of money into this but we first started i think our first like 30 episodes is just pure audio there was no video to it at all and we knew that we wanted to travel and make it as easy as possible for everyone else to come on the show because at first it was in my spare bedroom in my old house and we had like i said the two usb microphones and it didn't sound super good on the first one and then actually what's so funny is i have this but so I have in my closet, I have our first recorder that we use to, to record. And that also caused some problems. And I was like, man, what is going on? So then we bought the Zoom H6, which is like a portable recorder, which also hooks up to the computer for, you know, web or uh, interviews on the internet and whatnot. And we just kind of like evolved from there, just slowly making incremental improvements on a piece here, a piece there. And, um, yeah, it was like, I thought quality, at least audio quality was going to be the most important thing, obviously, because it's an audio medium. Like we want to make sure that that we had the best stuff, right? Yeah, it sounds good. It's clear. And and when we first started, we literally would save up money on like our Acorns app. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have that app, but you know, it rounds up your change. I was like, all right, I got a couple hundred in here. What can we get for the, the podcast? <laughs> That's awesome. That way I didn't have to hear my wife yelling at me, you know, for spending yeah. money on the podcast. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I got a separate checking account just for, for the podcast. That way I could deposit my Acorns in there and my wife couldn't see how much money <laughs> yeah, I was spending right. on the podcast. Like, but now, now she's like, did you get something new for the podcast? Like, no, no, it's not at all. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool hobby to have. I think so many people now are thinking of it as, you know, you see people like Joe Rogan and people get into podcasting because they want it to be their career. When really, if you, something like jujitsu, when you just want to reach out to people and, and have conversations with them, yeah, like go spend a little bit of money, make it really good. And, and it's a hobby. You guys don't have to worry about you know, you're not going to quit your job to travel across the country to do it. But when you do get the chance to go to a seminar and, and link up with someone really cool, you always have that option. Yeah, that and that was the perk of having a portable recorder is because we do travel for work. So if we go to San Diego for a couple months or Japan or something like that, if we want to record with people there, we could still do it. And I, I have a laptop that I could do everything on and and whatnot so that was a, another perk of of having a portable recorder and also i mean xlr is so much easier to to use once you get the hang of it but there is a little bit of that you know that upfront cost to 
to buying everything, but it's pretty much once you go XLR, if people are thinking about starting a podcast, just go XLR from the get-go because it's so much more future-proof than uh, a USB microphone. But to tell you the truth, USB microphones nowadays are actually getting really, really good. But for our show, it's hard to have four USB microphones portable <laughs> into a single input and then messing with the volumes of... Because if you guys listen to the show, John has a completely different voice as you guys already heard so it's harder for a usb microphone for me to make adjustments because his voice is way lower than mine so i have to turn his mic up and turn my mic down to get our volume the same and i do stuff in post also to to help with that but just having that that you know that variety and volume helps out quite a bit too i feel like you're talking about uh like buying vehicles you get that small truck you know and then you're like, God, why didn't I just buy the big one? It's true. I just Where bought I a could, new truck, too. You know, it's like, just, <laughs> just buy the big one. You know, don't settle. Yeah. Just get the big one yeah. right up front. Yeah, absolutely. That's the other thing, right? It's like we, we've, we've made like small incremental changes on our podcast over time. But we really like looking back at it now, I was like, I should have just got exactly what I wanted from the get go. <laughs> but I mean, you don't know how long you're going to do. I never thought we'd be doing this for three years and talk to some of the most, uh, you know, influential people in jujitsu. So how was I supposed to know? I didn't think it was going to, we were going to do it this long. Most of the, most of the things I do in my life, I do it for a couple of years and I'm like, all right, I'm good. I mean, except for marriage, that's going to be forever. Okay. <laughs> so how, how'd you guys both get started in jujitsu? Like na now you've been doing a podcast for three years. You're interviewing all these high level black belts and, and doing all this cool stuff. And what was the journey like when you first got started? Well, Travis was uh, one of my CrossFit coaches. So while I was in that CrossFit game, uh, basically they were like, you guys want to try out jujitsu? And we were like, sure, why not? And uh, I think well, I th we must have had a good 10 or 15 people in the first class, and everyone was brand new. We had one guy that had one white stripe or one stripe on his white belt, and he was like a god to everyone else in there. Like Straight we couldn't do killer. anything with him. That one stripe, he was leagues ahead of us, but. I think it helped too. Uh, everyone was pretty strong and fit coming from CrossFit and it, it just made it easier. Yeah. And also it was a brand new school. So everyone that was doing it with us were fresh white belts. Also like Cody was a four stripe blue belt and then he had his black belt come from Virginia to do a seminar for us. And for a while, Cody was the high Cody. Yeah. Cody was the highest belt and he had just got his purple right before his black belt left. And so we, it was all white belts, uh, Billy, who was a blue belt and then Cody, who was a purple belt and everyone else was, you know, fresh. So we all started on like a, a good level playing field. And then Cody's also six, five, 230 pounds, an animal, animal, you know what I mean? Like just a monstrous man and former MMA fighter and whatnot. And so we would just get our butts kicked basically all the time by him. And it, there was, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to there's moments when like you just get your ass kicked so many times by someone you're like, it kind of gets like, <laughs> damn dude what it, what the hell is going on man you know what i mean and that's it was getting to that point sometimes and i mean i still have never tapped cody but i definitely give him a you've risked john has wrist locked him but <laughs> that's what you got to do to the big yeah. boys you got to wrist lock them yeah. i don't care what they tell you right wrist lock them. but i mean till this day he still puts a butt whooping on us but at least i know yeah. how to smart smartly defend myself a little bit better so but yeah it, once cody cody we would always talk to him about starting because we knew he had martial arts background. I'm like, dude, just start at your school, start a school. I like it. Let's do jujitsu. Let's do jujitsu. And then finally he was like, all right, we'll do it. And uh, our first classes were still pretty large. It was like 15 people yeah. per class, which for our area is, is really good. Um, there's only three or four schools in our area and in our County, I think there's only three schools that are like pure jujitsu schools. Yeah. So uh, having 15 brand new people in class was a whole lot of fun. So now you look for those day one white belts. You're like, time to test some stuff. <laughs> See right now I am, I mean, not day one anymore, but I am that white belt who is getting ganged up on by everybody. And, you know, just floundering around, just being under the mount for five minutes and trying yes, to figure out what the hell's going yes. on. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing because you're so bad at it in the beginning, but you're like, I want to keep going back. I just want to keep training. Yeah, I think it's because when you're in class, especially if you have multiple higher belts in class with you and you train with, you get that sense of the superpower. You know, we always talk about 
jujitsu as like a superpower. And so it gets kind of, you start chasing that and you're like looking at like, man, this guy is kicking my butt. Like, I just want to get to a point to where he doesn't kick my butt as much. Right. And then you get to that point and you're like, okay, now I want to get to the point to where I can maybe get him close, you know, (laughs) what you say? You can kick his butt. Yeah. Yeah, Kick his butt. Right. And so it's kind of like, there's, it's the, the best analogy that I've always heard from jujitsu is it's a book that's all that's still being written like there's never an end to it like there's always something to learn and so if you go into jujitsu especially at the beginning of like like an open mindset of like i'm gonna suck really bad but it's so much fun it's just it, it's intoxicating you know we we had we interviewed someone they're like they mainline jujitsu i was like that's such a great <laughs> especially when you first start because like you said you you dive deep into podcasting and videos and everything like that like you just couldn't get enough of it and if you have that mindset when you first go into it, I think honestly, like it's, you're just going to keep going and going and going. And you said you just started in October. Yeah. So, uh, this kind of like when we started doing the podcast, we hadn't been doing it that long. I think, you know, no. we were still white belts, but yeah. we couldn't really find any podcast to listen to. There were white belts that were a couple months in, you know, cause we would talk all the time. Like, oh, man, blah, blah, blah. it was like, all right, we got to start recording it. But uh, do you find anything that you've heard on the podcast that you're going through now? Um, I don't know if there's anything specific. It's just like that. I mean, like talking to you guys. So you're both blue belts and you might as well be, you know, the strongest black belts I've ever seen. (laughs) So so like anytime you pick up experience from from people who are just a little bit better from you, I think anything you really listen to, like. Like I said before we started recording, um, the Nate, Nate Orchard uh, episode was one of my favorites. And, you know, he's so far along in his journey and doing different weapons. And, like, he, the martial arts as more of a ideology. And he's kind of taken that to everything in his life. And I'm like, I don't really understand that. But also, I can see how you get to that point. Like, just, just kind of seeing how far that people have taken this is really cool to me and that and at first when we first started the podcast we were just interviewing other white belts and just our friends like literally like the first 30 episodes are just our friends that were in our school like hey you want to come on the podcast they're like i've never been on a podcast like well we just started so (laughs) we just we can't keep talking to each other forever we're kind of boring sometimes but you know and then and then as uh we started like knocking out all our friends in the area i was like crap man like we should probably start looking outside of people that we know to to come on the show and that's really when like we started getting a lot of growth was when we start interviewing people outside of our our fishbowl but the probably the biggest thing was is like we just started learning so it's doing this podcast has literally changed how we view jujitsu like talking to these people like you have this idea of what you think you know, whether it's weightlifting, CrossFit, jujitsu, any, any skill, right. You have this idea in your head of what it is, right. Because you're in such a small spectrum of what it is. Right. And then you start, you start bringing people in from outside of that and you start learning from them. You're like, Holy crap, man. I have, like you said, like, I just, they go so far with it. There's so much knowledge out there and you can interview a hundred people and view jujitsu or whatever it is, a hundred different ways. And you can learn something from every single one of them. And that's really when we're like, like, Oh man, this is like so fun talking to these people. It's like, these guys have some of the most amazing experiences and answers to a question I never (laughs) would have thought was going to go so in deep. Like, how do you view belt testing? Oh, it sucks. Like, no, people actually go super deep into these answers. And I'm like, taking notes. I thought I was the only one that hated warmups. You know? <laughs> now I feel vindicated. I'm not. I'm not the only one. No. Yeah, I saw that video. You, you guys, you have a couple of videos that have really blown up. And it's been cool. Even I've probably been following the podcast for a month or two. And I've seen you guys really, really take off. Like, every time I check your Instagram, it seems like it's going up. You got some great YouTube videos. And I do think that's a testament to taking it seriously in the beginning, like really dialing in, um, you know, like you said, getting the nice stuff in the beginning. And you're not sure if it's going to work. Maybe you would have done 30 episodes with your friends and then ran out of people to talk to. But still, like you really put something into it in the beginning. And I think it's really paying off. I appreciate that. It's it's the growth has definitely been just recently because I was for, I don't know, we've had our Instagram for 
maybe two years now. And we're at under 200 followers for basically those, those two years. And then the last three, four months, uh, I don't know. I think it's maybe my reels that I make or the YouTube channel or something, but something just started hitting the algorithm and we've, we've grown exponentially. I can't, I can't believe honestly how much we've grown in such a short period. And it, we're not saying like, you know, we're thousands of followers, you know, we're just a couple hundred followers, but it has been a short time and it's, it's been really cool to see. And then been getting more messages on Instagram from people like, Hey man, like brand new white belt, kind of like you, you told us like brand new white belt, loving the show. You know, so many people can relate to us because we talk about real problems that you go through when you first start in jujitsu. You know what I mean? You have a weightlifting background, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So like I, I was the same way as you. I'm sure you can agree that you thought you were physically fit and then you got on the mat for five minutes and you got destroyed. <laughs> like it didn't even matter. You know what I mean? So these are all things that people go through, but no offense to high level black belts. If they two high level black belts talking to each other probably aren't going to capture in essence of what it is to be a white or blue belt again, because it's been, they've been so disconnected from it for so long. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of where a lot of people are finding our show is like, this is this is really good you know i i agree with those guys warm-ups do suck yes <laughs> yes that's a good point it's kind of like uh the disconnection you know you watch sean sean's our black belt you watch him roll we're the same age it's like watching uh an expert and someone that's not an expert you know if i'm if i'm rolling with someone that's uh 200 pounds and 25 years old i'm in for the fight of my life i watch him and he's just slow you know like it's totally different man when they have that expertise and muscle memory it's just different yeah, I think it's um I mean it's like an almost intimidating to even even for me like to talk about jujitsu on my podcast. I'm like, I don't know anything. So I don't wanna, you know, embarrass myself. I haven't told anybody from my uh school that I even do the podcast and that I've been having people talk about jujitsu. I figured um, you know, the maybe when I know something, I'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah, I have this podcast. I've been interviewing people on jujitsu. But you know, when you're that day one white belt, it's like you really don't have anyone to talk to. It's very true. And just so you know, we talk to black belts, purple, every every color under the sun besides, you know, above black belt so far. Uh, but, <laughs> but all of them, if you put yourself out there on the Internet, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. There is always going to be someone out there with a critique. Right. No matter you could literally be the person that invented something, right? It, you are the what, the first person ever to do it. And someone's, someone's underneath you is going to be like, that's not true. You're like, well, actually it is. I'm pretty sure I did it, <laughs> right? How many black belts uh, put techniques out on YouTube just for a four-stripe white belt to say, that wouldn't work. You should probably do it this way. It's like, no, you know what I mean? So no matter if you, how you put yourself out there, you're always going to get critiqued. It doesn't matter what your expertise level. If you want to talk about jujitsu as a day one white belt, there is a reason someone will listen to it. You know what I mean? Because like you said, like it's hard to f talk to other white belts about it or even people in your academy without you feeling like an imposter syndrome. But it happens, man. We were brand new white belts when we did it. Well, we're not brand new. I think we're like three or four stripes. But you know what I mean? It's It, it happens. You're always going to have someone out there that's going to say something negative about you. But really all you can do is just give it a thumbs up and say, hey, appreciate the the, the comments. You know, it's like, you're because you're boosting me in the algorithm. <laughs> So I'm guessing a couple months in, though, you got some experience with probably pressure, right? And I think I think a couple months in for me, my victories were like uh, just not tapping. Like I think three or four months in, if I could get through a whole round without tapping, that was a victory. Yeah, for sure. I think those were my that was my first goal. Just do not tap. <laughs> and then after that, it was do not tap to pressure. And then it just slowly gets better the longer you do it. Yeah, it's like. I think the, the ego is the hardest part. Like you, I mean, especially, did you guys notice like starting jujitsu later in life, it was hard to walk into an academy and be like, Hey, I don't know. I don't know anything right now. Like, do you, is, cause some people might start, you know, when they're 14, 15 years old and it's pretty easy to be like, Oh, Oh, I suck at this, but I've never done it before. But like you have a career, you have kids, and then you're kind of coming into something and it's like, wow, I, I can't physically defend myself at all. Uh, I wouldn't say that I really had an ego besides just thinking I was going to be better at it because of my fitness level at the time. But I knew that going into it, that I was going to, I didn't know anything. And I relied heavily on my fitness to make a difference in my journey. Uh, 
but I mean, if you do have an ego, especially when you first start, you're going to get humbled quickly. You know what I mean? So even if you walk in there thinking you're hot stuff, you're just, you're just going to get your butt kicked. And then, and then what are you going to do? You're going to be like, oh, well, shit, you just give it, give it a week. Hold on. Like, no, it's, this guy's been training 15 years. It's going to take you a while before you get anywhere in there. And that's, that's one of the great things. I'm sure John can agree to this. That's one of the great things about jujitsu is, you know, there, there is no hiding. You know, if, if, if you can say whatever you want up until the point of, you know, slapping and bumping fists and then you're going to get exposed. So if you have an ego, you can, you can talk during class, like, oh, I'm going to get you just wait. And this, you're looking at this 120 pound blue belt and you're like, oh man, I'm just going to smash this guy. You know, I bench 400 pounds, this and that. And then you get exposed and you're like, one or two things going to happen. You're never going to show up again. And you're going to be like, <laughs> I need to figure out how to do this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I was intimidated at all when we first started, but I, I think that's because I knew none of us knew anything in yeah. the class. Agreed. So, it, you know, for us, I think we just, it was a unique circumstance. And I think you got to like, I'd never thought about self defense as far as myself as a martial art and jujitsu. Like for me, my whole life's been like, well, self defense for me is I'm not going to be in the bad spot. I'm not going to be out late where anything could happen. You know, concealed carry was always a big thing for me. So, if it ever ended up where I was using my hands, I knew I wouldn't really know anything. Yeah, we have we have one of our good friends, Billy Adams. He was like episode three or four of ours, and he's a retired Army Green Beret, uh, super badass dude. He's in his mid fifties now, but uh, talking to him in my eyes, I was like, oh man, if I'm using my jujitsu, it's because you know, something, something wrong has happened. And, you know, I would rather use my jujitsu than shoot someone. Right. And then, and he was like, no, he's like, if I'm using my jujitsu, everything else has failed. Yes. And I was like, oh man, that's such a great point. <laughs> like, and we talk like, even like the Gracie's and everything like that, uh, Jocko, they all talk about it. They're like, like avoid the confrontation, yeah. just literally run away, like deescalate and just get away from it. Cause especially when you start feeling that you're, gaining grounds on jujitsu and you start controlling people and it's like you get that false confidence of like oh man i would kick someone's ass in a street fight like no in a street fight it's completely different you're not going to go deep half in the street fight because you're not going to do single leg action you're not going to get underneath. yeah you're not going to bear and below all this <laughs> stuff right so you gotta you gotta be realistic about like where where the application of this can actually go and there's a difference between self-defense jujitsu and sports jujitsu and you got to know which one you train because a lot of schools start off with self-defense, but then they go to sport. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of things that we learn in class where I'm like, man, this is great for jujitsu versus jujitsu. But if I do this in the street, someone's just literally going to smash my face in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, my guest on last week, she said, like, if somebody's chasing me in an alley, I'm just going to give them my wallet. And yeah. I kind of I kind of expected her to say, you know, like I'm going to put them in a chokehold and it's <laughs> it's going to be, no. you know, not even a fight. And she's like, no, I would give him my wallet and run away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm the same way. Like. Uh, I would try to avoid the confrontation as much as possible or just simply walking away. But then again, you know, you don't really want to turn your back on people, especially if you're in a confrontation. So I would just try to find some way to deescalate it. Um, and, you know, if things did escalate then hopefully my training does kick in but uh try to avoid it at all costs because people are freaking crazy not only that but you don't know if there's multiple people not only that uh i got to experience a little bit of that firsthand when i went to san diego and i tried out a krav maga gym oh yeah i've heard people say krav maga is useless or whatever well from someone that went and tried out a bunch of classes i can tell you that you will take some damage <laughs> like if you get in a fight, you're going to get hit. You're going to take some damage. And one of our friends who's a black belt just went and tried out an MMA class. And uh, that was a little bit of a shocker for him as well. Like he was doing a lot of his guard and keeping distance, but still getting hit. So until you really realize, you know, yeah, go try out another sport where they're actually throwing some punches. You know, it's it's a good eye opener. Yeah, MMA is like about as close as you're going to get. You know, you think you're, you got a game plan. What Mike Tyson say, right? You, everyone knows what they're going to do until they get punched in the face. You're like, I'm, if someone would do this to me, I would just try and go. And then you get popped in the mouth. You're like, I'm going to go <laughs> tell my mommy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you guys, um, like, as you progressed on your journey, have you thought about competing at all? Or is that something that you just haven't placed an emphasis on? I've competed once. Um, it was fun. It was good. Uh, I didn't like the nerves leading up to it. You know, like that part wasn't fun. Uh, but once the match started, I think it's good. You'll 
you'll see if you've learned anything when you go compete because you don't have any time to think about it. As soon as the ref starts the match, the other person's like trying to kill you. <laughs> so you don't have any time to think about anything. It's pure reflex. So I think that's good. You'll see if you've picked up the technique, if it's actually ingrained or not. And I compete uh, next month. March 12th will be my first competition as a, a blue belt, master's blue belt. So hopefully the guys are, you know, taking it easy on me. So I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to cut weight right now, but it's not it's not working too well for me. So I'm like, uh, I might have to just switch weight classes. It's not like I'm not doing my diet properly. I'm just not losing weight as fast as I want to. So I'm like, ah, crap, I might, I might just switch weight classes. That way I'm not stressing about it two weeks down the line. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm almost there. And then the stress adds more weight to me. So, but yeah, next month. And then after that, I will never compete again. I'm going to do it one time. I'm good. I competed a lot in local competitions for CrossFit, multiple workouts in a day, competed in weightlifting, you know, multiple lifts in a day. And, uh, that kind of burnt me out on competitions that require you to do events multiple times in one day. So I'll get the experience of doing it, but I'll probably never do it again afterwards. Even if I really enjoy it, uh, I'm just, you know, like, like you said, we're, we're dads, we have families, we have careers, uh, a 401k. So it's like, <laughs> I don't need to go to a competition for a $5, you know, medal that with a broken arm. So, and get broken arm. So I'm like, ah, I'll probably just do it this one time, get the experience and then call it good. We just talked to someone that has, who was a black belt. He's, he's been in, he's a first degree black belt. So he's been black belt for a while. Been training for 13 years. I think yeah. he said. Never once had competed. He's like, what do you, we're like, do you regret it? He's like, no, no, not at all. He's like, I enjoyed my journey. Like it's, it was never, it was never part of why I started jujitsu. So I just, I've never looked back on it. And if, if you are thinking about competing, then do it. If it doesn't sound super enticing to you, then don't do it, you know, or if you're on the fence, why not? It's, it's kind of like one of those things that like gets different for everyone. Uh, and we talk about competing quite a bit on our podcast because it's such a big part of jujitsu. A lot of people compete and, you know, if you want to make it a career, you kind of, a lot of them compete to make it a career and a lifestyle, but I don't know. I feel I'm like wishy-washy about it. I'll probably just do this one competition, hopefully not get choked and then call it good. <laughs> Are you thinking about competing? I don't think so. I it, people have asked me to ask me to do it and I'm like right now I'm like no way, god no. Really? But uh even down the road like I I kind of enjoy just being terrible at something and showing up and you know you get those you get those wheels turning a little bit when you figure something out and then you just leave and then yeah. you don't have to worry about it I mean I'm pretty competitive in weightlifting and I've been trying to figure out where that fits in it is really hard to do weightlifting and jujitsu at the same time agreed do you, what, uh, do you, do you oh, train before class I normally do um I've been messing around with it because Every week it's been like I've been overtrained somehow <laughs> in one or the other. But uh, I've been trying to do jujitsu in the morning and then lift at night. And then, uh, you know, I was like flip-flopping days. And then I listened to a lot of Chad Wesley Smith. He's like, you got to do it on the same day. And then, yeah, and then take some days off. So, I like, I was never taking a day off. I would just mm. do weightlifting, jujitsu, weightlifting, jujitsu. And then I was just fried every day. So... Yeah, we we I do his juggernaut AI for jujitsu right now, and uh, I do training for two days a week, jujitsu two three times a week, and they're always on opposite days. We talked to Jason Kalipa, and he was like, "You should." He's like, "You should probably, if you are gonna do it, you know, do weightlifting before jujitsu, uh, but you need to have a break. You you can't you shouldn't go straight from like." A CrossFit workout straight into and that's what I did. Yeah, for a while. We, we did that. We did that a couple times, and it was oh, horrible, horrible. What a bad idea! Five p.m. CrossFit, six p.m. Jiu-Jitsu. It, I hated it. it. It was so bad. You'd be like sitting there, like gripping a barbell for yeah. you know a fifteen-minute workout, and then you try to grab someone's sleeve. You're like, <laughs> "Is this paper? Yeah, is my hand paper?" Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> so, how long did it take for the kind of transition? Did you guys like slowly wean off a of CrossFit? Or how did that work? I don't know how it was for you. I ended up having a stroke. So I was like, I got to lay off one of the two. So I figured 
the jujitsu was the healthier option for me. I, I was a coach and then I stopped coaching and coaching took up a, you know, a good chunk of my time. And I was like, uh, I guess I'll just use jujitsu and kind of like work out just like a normal human being again, you know, maybe an hour a day or whatever. And then it slowly just progressed into me working out in my house when I can, I have a, a 15 month old and then my wife's due next month. So we have babies a 13 year old so life is crazy so i can't really dedicate the 20 minutes to drive to the gym work out for an hour bs take the 20 minute drive back home you know it turn an hour workout turns into two two and a half hours depending on you know if i get in when i need to and whatnot but uh yeah it was definitely jujitsu took that 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 love that i had for fitness instead of me working out all the time i was like I want to dedicate this time to jujitsu. And when we first started, we dedicated a lot of time to jujitsu. Insane amount. Yeah. It was literally five, six days a week training. And then we were in Japan and it was five, six days of training, uh, going open mats by ourselves and looking at Rory Dean's videos online and then practicing technique with each other. And, uh, that just, it just kind of like took its spot. I feel like I'm giving you really long winded answers. I'm sorry. No, no, I love it. Then we hit the pinnacle of the blue belt. And yeah, we're, like, we're done. Yeah, All right, yeah. we're two days a yeah. week now. I, I got I got two stripes on my my blue belt now, and that's like it's like holy crap, what happened here? <laughs> Have you noticed like training? I've read a lot of articles about like almost training less is better. Like if you start and. I know everyone gets that gets that bug and you just like you want to do this all the time but it's almost like more is less. If you go 5 days a week and you have no idea what you're doing, you're just like overloading with information. You're never going to grasp the the rest of the week. We we talk about that quite a bit. Quite a bit. I'm yep. at the mindset now where I don't really want to learn anything new. I just want to master everything I've been taught. So I don't have to think about it anymore and I feel like that frees up my mind to learn more. But that's that's definitely where I'm at. Yeah, agreed. But I, I I kind of steered away from external learning from class because I felt like it was taking up valuable space that uh, my my instructor didn't care if I knew you know armbar to barambolo to back take or whatever. Like that's not what he's teaching in class. He wants to he's teaching us technique for a reason. So he wants us to learn this specific technique and. You know, so I was like, mm, I feel like Professor YouTube's taking up valuable space. So I was like, I, I got to stop doing that. But going when we first started, like we mentioned, kind of to your your point about less is more, we w trained a lot when we first started. And when we got our blue belts, we kind of were like slammed on the brakes. And now our bodies feel better. Like, I enjoy going training a lot more, Yeah, you know, and cause I feel like it's not like necessarily a chore. Cause I was like, man, we got to do everything we can to get our blue belts. Like that is the goal right now. Uh, well, well, it's like, a, you know, I think for us, it felt like more of a validation. Like we'd talk to some people and uh, the first thing they would ask us when we'd talk about the podcast, is they were like, Oh, are you blue belts? Or we'd be like, no, we're white belt. And I could see them shut <laughs> off. They were like, Oh, don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I could like, see uh, it in no. their face. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah no definitely so when we got our blue belts we're like all right, all right now we're good like <laughs> now now people can take us somewhat seriously but tell you the truth once you get your blue belt no one takes you no, no, seriously. No, no, don't no. Yeah. Shits. like yeah. the color of your belt absolutely does not matter about anything you know we we talk to people all the time and they're like yeah it's just a it's just a visual representation of where you are in your journey right now you know it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really matter anything uh color wise so but Training, when you first start, you get addicted, and then you're like, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And it's like, no, no, you can take some time off. It's okay. You can have a healthy relationship with it. I know it's exciting and fun, but you can you can have a healthy relationship with it. So we talk about that, too, with one of our, our guests is how, how do you have a healthy relationship when you first start in jujitsu? Because you get so amped on it. It's, it's so fun. And it's like, well, you got to got to kind of pump the brakes and know, like, if if you go too hard, you can get burnt out really quick on it, you know? And, and that's what I kind of feel like that's kind of where we were after we got our blue belts. So, yeah, I found like the one day I woke up, I was going to go to the 7am class and I'm like, I do not want to go. And, <laughs> and normally, you know, if you do weightlifting or CrossFit, a lot of times you just got to get to the gym. And then I'm like, no, it's just not worth me going and being like, oh, I'm going to be a little bit miserable going to class. I don't feel good. 
And then it's going to end up me resenting going instead of like, if I just wait till tomorrow, I'm going to be amped to go. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point because when you first start, you feel kind of like this obligation of like, man, but I, it's kind of like a FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Like I, if I miss this class, then I'm going to like, I, maybe that could have gotten me a stripe or maybe that could have gotten me, you know, my, my next belt or whatever, but really it's like, well, we're all humans. Take some time off. It's okay. Back in when back, I started CrossFit in 2012, 2013. And back in the day, it was like, if you're not destroying yourself during every workout, you're not doing it right. If you're not training multiple times a day, you're not doing it right. You know what I mean? Like, what's a bicep curl? Get that shit out of here. No one cares about that. It's not and functional. It has, yeah. It's not functional. Yeah, it's not <laughs> functional, right? Like, little do you know when you pick up a freaking bag of groceries, it's a bicep curl or a box or something like that, right? But we've all evolved over time to to realize, like, you know, accessory movements are are important also. But uh but like with jujitsu, you know, it's like, you got to take time off. Like, no, you gotta, you gotta let your body heal. You know, if you, if you, no one knows your body better than you do. Right. So if you wake up in the morning and you're like, man, I'm not feeling super hot, then probably just listen to your body. Like it's, it's okay. You there's always tomorrow, right? If you get hurt today, then there is no tomorrow, you know, cause now you got to take the extra time off when you could have just taken that one day and been good. And then the next day go and train, you know? So that's how I kind of look at it. I listen to my body. Uh, probably a little bit too much and maybe it's more <laughs> my head <laughs> maybe it's more my head telling me i don't want to go but no yeah absolutely i mean we all go through it it's like I, uh, do i really want to go get beat up all night it's like not really you know it's like especially when you like you you said you just started a couple months ago so you're like man i'm gonna go and i'm really just gonna act, actually get my ass kicked but it's all it's a whole lot of fun it's still a whole lot of fun it's weird how that works yeah I even told my instructor the one day, I was like, I don't understand why I like this. Like, I'm just literally just, you know, spending the whole five minute roll. Like, I can't breathe because I'm so exhausted, even though. And it's like, I'm waiting to the point where, hey, guys, like, I'm I'm athletic. I can I can do weightlifting. I do CrossFit once in a while. Like, I, I am athletic. I know you can't see it, but eventually you you will see that. Like, I do work out outside of here. But it doesn't it does not pay off in the beginning at all. No, because especially you think that you have to muscle through so much stuff and then you get exhausted so freaking fast. You know, in competition jujitsu, they talk about, you know, holding a sec uh, a position for three seconds and then you get your points. And at first, I thought that didn't have any relatability outside of competitive jujitsu. But then you realize if you get someone in a mountain, they really don't want you in a mountain. Three seconds is an eternity for someone to fight you off you know what i mean like you realize like really quickly how long three seconds is and so you're like sitting there like burnt out muscles you know your grips are already gone you're breathing heavy and then the person on top of you is like are you okay you're like you're not even you're not even tired <laughs> how does this work and john i joke about it, it well we'll, one of my favorite things especially with our friends that are uh lower belts that are still you know on the beginning of their journey is like i'll work with them work with them have them get as tired as possible and then get up afterwards and like hey man good roll and they're like oh my god i'm so tired it's like we're not we're, we're not trying to kill you just breathe just relax <laughs> it still happens to me too when i roll with cody I'll get done with it. I'm like, Cody, am I not breathing during the roll? He's like, no, I just think you're really tense. And, you know, I've been doing this for three years now, too, almost four years. And I still have those moments where uh, I'm, I'm using too much muscle. I'm fighting too hard. I'm not, I'm not seeing things that are right in front of me. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but, uh, yeah, it still happens to all of us. So that's why John Rich locks. It's a great equalizer. <laughs> I don't care what people say it's legal that's all that matters you compete and it's legal at blue belt level that's right so what have you guys taken away you said uh you've changed the way you thought about jujitsu like what's you know a big takeaway that you've gotten from the podcast man probably the biggest one is belts do not matter man True. you put so much emphasis on stripes belt color you know you we like worship I wouldn't say worship, but, you know, we put uh, black belts on such a high pedestal and, you know, higher belts and all this and that. And at the end of the day, 
everyone at every belt looks completely different. It doesn't matter what color their belt is. Like there, it's just like I mentioned earlier, it is just a marker for where they are on their journey. And everyone, it's so subjective too. Everyone has such different standards on what a blue belt is, what a purple belt is, what a four stripe white belt is, you know, and the podcast has really taught us it does not matter, you know, like, yeah, there's like certain things that they want you to know at each belt, but how you get there, how long it takes, you know, it, all of that is relative to you and what you put into it. Because, you know, you see your friends getting stripes or you see your friends getting promoted and you're, you're thinking in your head, like, man, I w- I've been doing it as long as he is. Why don't I have that? Or why didn't I get that? And you kind of, once again, you kind of build that resentment towards jujitsu, but really it's just, it's just your journey. You know, you're, some people take 20 years to get a black belt. Some people take six years to get a black belt. You know, they're both black belts. So does it honestly, like, does it really matter? That's probably my biggest takeaway is like your belt really does not matter. Knowledge doesn't have a belt level. You know, you just keep learning even as a four stripe white belt. You've been, you've been a white belt for seven years. You could still learn the same thing a black belt can learn. You know what I mean? I agree. I think a big thing for me that I've taken away from it is the belt really doesn't matter. Uh, You could have someone that's been doing jujitsu for maybe a year, but was a full-time college wrestler and he comes in and he's smoking purple belts. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? For everyone, it's just their experience. And honestly, it'll take a lot of pressure off of you because you don't worry about those belts. And to me, I, I found the people that just show up. Those are the ones that I have the most respect for that keep showing up. And it's a grind and you'll find out there's like these high times and these low times where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then sometimes you're like, God, this was great. You know, I don't ever want to stop. And I think the key is just remember to keep going, keep showing up. Yeah. This is complete side note, but do you guys wash your belts? I know, uh, Travis, I talked to you a little bit about this. I, I sent you that. I, I tagged you in that because I just thought it was funny, but absolutely wash your belt. Please. I wash everything. Yeah. Please wash your belt. Like, and to even black belts wash their belts, right? <laughs> and not only that, but the more if you do wash your belt, it starts to look more salty, like it's fading. You know, you look more experienced. I mean, as a white belt, I don't really know if you want a dingy gray white belt. You're like, damn, bro, how long have you been a white belt? But uh, no, yeah, definitely we wash our belts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have tapped to people's st- like their geese stink so much I couldn't take it. Yes. So I was just like, whatever. <laughs> I just want to, I'm feeding a submission. Like, please submit me so we can. Someone goes like smother you with their chest <laughs> and it smells like mildew in their rash guard. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Or they forgot deodorant is all. P- people wear deodorant and please wash your shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so funny because uh, so I got my first stripe probably two weeks ago or so and I was like, you know, it's like, it's a stripe. It, it doesn't really fucking matter, but you're excited about it. It's like, oh, oh, I worked, yeah. worked hard for this. And I immediately put my belt in the wash and took it out and the stripe fell off. Oh, and I'm, oh, I'm like, damn off. it. Now you're demoted. Like, we talking about that too. Travis like, six stripe white belt because yeah. he didn't replace his white. He kept getting stripes. And he's like, I've already had that one, coach. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I looked like a two stripe white belt during promotion night. And he's like, oh, Travis, come on up. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Professor, I'm a four stripe already. He's like, Oh, well, I'll just fix your belt. Yeah, we'll give you some more. (laughs) And what's funny is like this it happened in the washer. The stripes were just rolled down on top of each other that looked like one big stripe, but they were all still there. I just needed to roll them back up the tape. But so for a while until I got my blue belt, I was like, I'm a strict six stripe white belt. Y'all better watch out, guys. Like, you ain't gonna meet another one of these. (laughs) I do think stripes are still important because it gives you the motivation. Like, at least you know you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Like we say, like we like we just said, like belts are irrelevant stripes are, are irrelevant but i think that they are a good marker and a good pat on the back for a lot of people right because you may feel especially at, when you first start you may feel that you're not making progress or you're not learning or like you have such a long way to go and then bam one night you get a stripe on your belt and your professor say hey keep keep working hard and you're like oh Oh, well, someone's noticed, you know, you like have to take a second. You're like, oh my God, I just got my first. And that first stripe is a big deal. I don't care who you are. That first stripe is on any belt is a, is a big deal. Yeah, Cause I, I was like me are you talking about me <laughs> because it's like, a, it's, it's kind of like a, like we mentioned earlier, it's kind of like a validation. Like, yes. Okay. Now like I, not only am I a blue belt, but I've had two validations of my skill on my blue belt, which someone at home might think we sound fucking 
stupid, but almost said good hard job, R word. good job, there. <laughs> but you know, it's like, can we cuss on it? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you? you're fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, it's like they may think we sound stupid, but uh, everyone's been there. Everyone gets excited to to get a stripe on their belt. You know, it's a it's belt candy. It makes you look more like a badass to me you know it's like dang there's a different i look at a, a a a no stripe white belt and i look at a four stripe white belt i'm gonna take them completely differently like a four That's stripe true. i'm like this person has experience they're uh, basically no, a blue belt yeah, yeah yeah they're just waiting to get promoted. At that third or fourth stripe on the white belt i mean just they're basically blue yeah i'm gonna they're gonna give me a run for my money you know what yeah. i mean so if i see a fresh purple belt i know that hey they're probably just a little bit better than me or a lot, you know, depends on who they are. But if I see like a four stripe purple belt, I'm like, this guy's gonna crush me. Yeah, this guy's crush. <laughs> well, we gotta go back to we we kind of we have these visit like these representations of what stripes and belts mean to us. But it, it's true, like they they are irrelevant. But you can't break the habit of looking at them with a certain aspect of I would say like respect or something like that. But you're like, oh man, that does come with something. You know what I mean? Like there is something behind that. I'm, unless they promote themselves in their home gym and you know then they show up to open mat and you're like mm, i don't know about that but <laughs> yeah see at this point i couldn't tell the difference but if somebody was like a purple belt and i'd be like well they're be- they're so much better than me so <laughs> it seems legit but yeah i think <laughs> right. i think you do have the um the respect like when you see somebody has a black belt and you understand that they put a lot of time into this you just you naturally you kind of look at them not not like they're better than you or they're a better person or whatever but it's like you really you showed up and you put in 10 years to this which is cool yeah. definitely respect the belt for sure yeah unless they're fake <laughs> come on that can't be that common i'm pretty sure it's pretty common we've only had like one come through our gym yeah the, john was starting to that we had a we had a fake black belt come through our well, school. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that. Pretty sure. We can't say for sure. Okay, knock on wood. Uh, but so this guy was suspect in his uh, his belt color. We won't say he was a black belt. But uh, John started rolling with them, and John started you know like giving him a hard run for his money. And the guy literally stopped mid roll. Was like, hey, let me show you some stuff. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Like, uh, I don't know. John's like, I was like, how was that? He's like, I don't know, man. It was it was weird. Well, I think everyone said that when they had the the rolls. Yeah. Even our higher level belts. So what's it been like? You said in the beginning when you guys both started, a lot of people started together with you. So how has that journey been like when you have, you know, 10 or 15 guys who start at the same time? Like, have you seen people fall off or you seen people move away or you seen the the group kind of grow? I've seen the group disappear. <laughs> I think there's three of us there's, left. There may be three, three or four of us left. Yeah. Um, you know, some people move away for work. Uh, after that, uh, yeah, the rest just dropped off. You know, we have a, yeah. just a couple that still go. And it's it's hard, too, because when you lose that camar- camaraderie and that same core, like when we go now, honestly, you know, I, I might only recognize two or three people in our class. It, it gets tough. After, now I'm at the point where I don't even bother to learn names, really. Unless I see somebody there for a couple months, but that used to not be the case. No, it used to be the same core group of people, every class, you know, and we talked to a guy, his name is Rick Ellis. And he said something that I was, I didn't really think too much into, uh, until like after actually, you know, playing it back in my head, he's like, most people, you know, people say that most people quit at blue belt, but it's not true. Most people quit at white belt. And all these people that started at school with us, they were, they, you know, maybe got one or two stripes on their white belts and then they, they left, they, they stopped training. So it's true. If you can make it past your, your white belt, then you're going to hold on a little bit longer, you know, but you know, you get that blue belt and that's when the blue belt blues can kick in. And, you know, that's going to be your longest journey is blue to purple typically. So, and, and we've had, we've had people leave because they, they either feel like they're not progressing quick enough and they should be. So they just, they go try out other things. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, we, we only have like three or four schools around us. So if they feel like they're not getting what they want from us, then they just go to a different school and no harm, no foul there. Yeah. You know, we like to drop in at other schools and roll with a bunch of people. And, you know, it's a community. It's kind of like CrossFit. You know, you go to, you can drop into any CrossFit gym or weightlifting gym or whatever. And 
you know, have relative hospitality when you, when you walk in, they're like, Oh man, yeah, absolutely. Like, Oh no drop in fee, just buy a shirt. Like, okay. I mean, I'm down with that. <laughs> so it's a, the group has definitely fallen off quite a bit, you know, and there's like three or four of us left. And, uh, John's been out for a couple months now because of his shoulder. November, yeah. What do you, do you do anything? Like, are you watching videos or you just kind of staying away from it until you can get back? Uh, I, I buy the flow maps. I don't know if you've ever seen those, the BJJ flow maps. I really like those. And basically if you've not seen them, it starts off with like a position. And, uh, when you look at these flow maps, they branch off from that position and they embed video into each part of it. I really like those. That it helps. I learn a lot that way. So I basically just go over flow maps there. I can't really do any working out right now. So it, that's really all I can do at this point. He got yelled at by his doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I think he saw YouTube videos of me shoveling snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, injury sucks. Like, have you guys experienced that any other injuries or mistakes that you really made um, starting at the beginning? Uh, Injury-wise, I mean, I haven't had anything too major. I'm trying to think of anything that's really taken me out. Fingers and ribs. Yeah, the main things. I, I haven't had any finger problems or rib problems. Usually it's my back. And I think it's probably from my weightlifting days, uh, having barbells crush on me and heavy barbells squatting and whatnot. Uh, so my back will back when I first started. Now that I don't lift heavy like I used to anymore, my back doesn't give out as bad as it used to. But that was probably the biggest thing is I would roll and tweak my back or uh, I have knee bad knees from the military. So my knees would hurt from slamming on the mat for too many times and to be to the point where it was like a sharp needle going through my knee. So I had to stop training for, you know, about a week, week and a half and really ice it and rehab it. But other than that, luckily nothing that's really taken, taken me out of training besides just being lazy. If that's an injury. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting when you say it like that, cause I'm thinking, you know, when you do the CrossFit, if you have bad shoulders or a chronic injury, they'll, they'll scale it. You know, but they don't really do that in jujitsu. No, no, because I, I don't think there is a scalability for an arm bar. I'm sure there's other techniques to an arm bar that you can do, but well, I'm just thinking like, like singles and doubles. Like our knees are shot. I really don't want to even practice singles and doubles. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but it's valuable. Yeah. When know? it comes to takedowns, I'm like, I'm good. I'll see you guys <laughs> next class. <laughs> yeah. Like, just fall backwards. That's my takedown. Have you have you practiced uh, takedowns yet in your school? We've done a little bit. And uh, we've done some doubles, we've done some singles, and every I'll try to do them on my girlfriend at home when I get back, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I have no concept of how to actually do this. <laughs> she just sprawls out on you, like, what the hell did you learn how to do that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the test when I, but she always does something that nobody did at class, and I'm like, why are you doing that? No one would do that. <laughs> That's so true. That's that's the one of the best parts about rolling with like a fresh white belt is because once you get experience, you know what you should do, right? To one, protect yourself, and then two, to like protect your 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 partner also. Because if you move the wrong way, you can hurt either like you or them. Uh, but like day one white belts, they don't know that, right? Like they're like they're sitting there, they're just spazzing out, they're like throwing things everywhere, and you got to learn like how to defend against that because in the street most people are actually going to act like that you know what i mean so with those those brand new white belts if they're if they're energetic it it gets kind of interesting you're like you you go to like put them in the arm bar and then they do the completely wrong thing you're like well now i gotta think on my feet and what the hell do i do from here if someone were to actually do this to me so there's if that's that's a pretty common thing it's pretty funny though yeah our, our uh cody the guy that owns the gym he teaches all the crossfit coaches jujitsu and it's like a little private class they have. And sometimes I'll get to catch them and do open mat. And it's always surprising to see their reaction because they're strong as hell, but they don't know anything about jujitsu. So they'll look at the whole route and they just, they can't believe it. Cause you know, like Gabe, this guy's so strong. You can do whatever you want to him jujitsu wise, but he's like a freak of nature. You try to arm bar him. He'll just literally, he's like five, six, five, seven. He was uh fort in his forties, but the dude is like just country strong. Like, absolute animal deadlifts like 500 pounds for reps and you know just a monster and i remember i rolled with him one time and i got him in a an arm bar and he just picked me up with him on, i you know i was like 185 pounds he just picked me up with one arm 
and like try to shake me off. And I was like, holy crap, what is going on here? Like a small child. Like, <laughs> Well, what I liked about it is it, you know, it showed that we could defend ourselves against all that strength, but it was also an eye opener to them that all that strength was not helping them on the mat. So I think it's, it's, it's interesting. I'd like to roll with them now because I know they've been training for a good two years now. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably still be the same thing. Just picking you up and throwing you. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think I, you know, it's funny. CrossFit is the, the unknown and unknowable. And a lot of yeah. times we get, that's what the methodology is. But a lot of people get caught up in you're doing the same things all the time. You're doing squats, deadlifts, sumo deadlift, high pulls like that. It doesn't really transfer over if you're not in the gym. There's nothing yeah. like, like function. We call it functional. And really, it's not super functional if you can only do it in the gym. Yeah, it's true. When one of my favorite things about when I was a coach was not not people hitting PRs on deadlifts or squats or whatever, which is that to me that was always great, right? I always loved when someone would PR their lift, right? Because it, it gave them validation that they were progressing in strength. But my favorite, by far, my favorite thing was when people would come to me, "Hey, coach, I uh, I carried all my groceries into the house today." At, with in one trip or hey i walked up my stairs in my house and i didn't get out of breath you know those small incremental victories that happen in your day-to-day -day life people don't recognize a lot and same thing happens in jujitsu we we forget to celebrate the almost or celebrate the small victories of like oh this guy usually crushes me when he's inside control but today i was able to hip escape and get my knee in there for a split second yeah he got it out of the way but at least i remembered that I need a hip escape and get a knee shield in, right? We don't, we, a lot of times we, we don't overlook these small, these small changes that our bodies go through, whether it's psychological, physical, or, you know, just technique wise sharpening up. And they really, you really should pay more attention to those because those are small changes make big changes, right? Micro make micro changes will equal macro changes. You know, you gotta, we tell people all the time, if, if you feel like you're plateauing, which I, we talk about hating that word, especially in jujitsu, if you feel like you're plateauing, it's probably because you don't have unrealistic goals mm -hmm. or unrealistic expectations of where you are in your journey, right? So understanding small goals and accomplishing those small goals towards a bigger goal will always have something for you to strive for. You know what I mean? And uh, for us, the, the, mic the macro goal was our blue belts. And then we got that and now we're good. Like there's, there's no other goals. <laughs> Do you have anything specific you're, you're working towards right now? Like a small goal since you just started? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's just showing up. It's like, up. it's just knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to submit anybody. I'm not going to do anything spectacular, but, um, Travis, as you were just talking, I was thinking, you know, I almost took this dude's back and, you know, I didn't think about that. I'm like, oh, he got out of it right away. But it's like, oh, that's Which a guy who usually lays on top of me. And it's like, no, I almost took his back. Yeah, he scrambled right away. And it, it was, you know, not a big deal. But yeah, like, I mean, from hearing you guys, it's a lot about your own journey, you, your own journey. And, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in Instagram and YouTube. And especially with the podcast, the same thing. You're looking at how many followers you have, how many people are downloading it. And it's like, no, there's actual people who are getting a ton of value from it. It might not be how many that you want, but it 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 does make a difference to people. And I think, uh, yeah, that's what I really took away from what you guys are saying. Just your own journey. It needs to just be focused on you. No, but you're absolutely right, man. Like, uh, I'm jealous you're just starting. You're a couple months in. That's like when it's fresh and it's like the most fun. No expectation. Like, no one has any expectation. You can just go in and have fun just relax yeah it, it's funny like when i did get my first stripe they're like you flail around a lot less than you used to <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like th that was the thing and i'm like i was like i think you're making fun of me but it's it's also true right like, hey I, I have noticed that so yeah it has been cool so what's um i mean so you're out with an injury what's what's um you know are you like dying to get back on the mats uh, not only am I dying to get back on, I, I was going to try to just go back February 1st. And then uh, I had a follow-up from my doctor. He's like, absolutely not. Like, can't, e can't even carry an empty grocery bag. Like, this, he's just that strict about it. So I think I have somewhere in the neighborhood of like another 900 hours I have to wait. 
I start physical therapy next week. That'll be the first time I start it. So really the first time I'll be using it since November. Uh, but I do know when I get back on the mat, I'm going to be destroyed. Like there, you know, you can't prepare for that kind of cardio. You know, you can run on a treadmill, you can do whatever you want. You can hit the CrossFit hard, but it's a different type of cardio when you're doing five minute rounds nonstop in jujitsu. It's just, I haven't found anything that gives that total of a body workout. And, and I'm almost 40, I'm four, 44. I've been working out my whole life. I found it to just be the hardest workouts. Yeah, for sure. That Yeah, you can't prepare for that cardio. No, I'd have lots of friends I'm trying to get into it, and they're like, oh, well, let me get in shape first. And then I'm like, no, you don't understand. There is no getting in shape first. And it so quickly leaves. The first, like, the first class I did, um, you know, I watch a bunch of UFC stuff, and I'm like, why don't guys just get up when they're when they're in the mount or when they're right. in the guard and you're like why why isn't this just guy getting up, up? Yeah. yeah and then i was like oh this is why they do not get up yeah. <laughs> exhausted yeah so well cool guys this is this has really been awesome and it's been a good chance to pick your guys brain what's um you know what's your own journeys looking like i know john we just talked about a little bit you know dealing through the injuries but but how do you guys approach, like, what's the goal now? I know you, you're joking around that you got your blue belts and that's it, but what's, um, what's your own journeys looking like? Now, I actually, I, one day I would love to be a black belt. So I'm always training with that mindset of the ultimate goal is to become a black belt. Uh, well, not the ultimate goal because it, the ultimate goal is to always just keep learning. Right. But I would love to have, you know, be a black belt one day. Uh, cause that's when, you, you know, your journey can truly begin because now, now you can start learning. I mean, let me rephrase that. I've heard people say like your black belt, just like, it's just means like you've, you've gotten there. Now you can like, you're still a true student and like, now you can start teaching people and you can do that at any belt, but it's kind of like validation. We keep saying the word validation, but it, you know, there's a lot of validating that happens in jujitsu, whether it's stripes or belts or whatever, but I'm always working towards that. Uh, and then honestly, just making it to class twice a week is, is my goal right now. Cause I'm a full-time student also full-time dad, I got a full-time job. Right. So I'm, <laughs> I'm spread pretty thin throughout the, throughout the week. So whenever I can get away from everything and get into, get into the gym, uh, it's, it's a small victory for me, I, you know, and then being able to roll after class and, and not getting tapped or still still holding my own against the people that train multiple times a week that's that's where i'm at right now i am a purely a hobbyist john's purely a hobbyist you know we don't ever want to be world champs or anything like that but uh doesn't mean i don't want to be competitive <laughs> i think um i'm going to continue with the two days a week at our school but i'm also going to join another local gym because they have some boxing i want to do so I foresee in the next couple of years, I'm just going to spend a lot of time with boxing and I'll still do jujitsu, but um, regardless, if I get higher belts in jujitsu or whatever, I just, I like to do all of them. So yeah. I'm going to continue that and I'm going to go start picking up some more boxing, which I was doing in California and I liked it a lot, but it was a little bit of a hindrance then with a bad shoulder. But now that I got that fixed, I think I'll enjoy it a little bit better. Yeah. I would love to learn how to punch people in the face better. That's always fun. <laughs> you you got to be well-rounded. You do. You got to be well-rounded. You know, they, they always joke about like a, uh, a fight always starts on their feet, right? Like you, in order to use jujitsu, you got to get the guy to the ground. So whether it's you, you punch him in the face or doing a takedown, somehow they have to fall. <laughs> so, well, guys, where can I, where can people find the podcast? Oh man, we're, we're everywhere. You can, uh, elbows tight podcast, whether it's on YouTube, uh, elbows, it's youtube.com slash elbows tight. Follow us on Instagram, uh, elbows tight pod on Instagram. And then we're on every major platform that you can listen to podcasts on Google, Spotify, uh, freaking Apple podcast everywhere. So if you guys do listen to it and you do enjoy it, please let us know. Like we're, we're always open to criticism, whether it's good or bad. Um, because we don't know what we're doing wrong unless someone tells us. So same thing with your shits. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, elbows tight podcast everywhere. Elbows tight. And, uh, that's, that's pretty much where, where we're at. So elbows tight.com. <laughs> he got them all. I think I got them all. <laughs> it's part of our outro. I'm like in my head and like doing a check mark. <laughs> well, awesome guys. Thank you so much for coming on. And like I said, you know, no critiques from me. You guys have a awesome show. The quality 
um, I look forward to it every couple of weeks when you drop an episode. I'm like, all right, got to listen to this. Uh, I think you have an episode coming out probably tomorrow, right? Yep, yep. Tomorrow I have an episode coming out. So it's going to be a good one. So if you guys are listening to this, it's a, it's a good one. Thank you again. And uh, we'll have to do this in the future. Maybe uh, when I'm a blue belt, we'll bring you back on and, and see if I know know hey, anything. At we that can point. do it again when you get the third stripe on the white belt. Yeah. Your whole mindset's going to be different by yeah. then. Yeah. Give it six yeah. months. You're going to be, yeah. you're going to think you're an expert. <laughs> <laughs>